All right. Uh, welcome to Pat's Podcast, uh, the 100th episode. I am here with Justin Graves, the owner of Shanks, located uh, on Post Road in East Greenwich. But where am I located exactly? 5700 Post Road. 5700 Post Road. And if you're coming here, what are you going to look for? Where's the parking and everything like that? There are a couple spaces out front. Uh, however, any parking in the whole complex is A-OK. Uh, the office building, the restaurant, it's all owned by the same uh, oh. management company or owner. So any of the parking over here is up for grabs. There you go. That is good to know because I parked in front of the restaurant and was wondering if I would be towed. But you're apparently a- no. You're A-OK. Okay. Well, if I'm here till like 4 in the morning, then it's probably <laughs> going to be an issue. But And Justin, you're the owner here with... Nick Henriques is my uh, my partner, my best friend, my confidant, all of the above. And how long have you known Nick? This um, is getting to the heart of the golfing issue here. <laughs> uh, Nick and I actually, uh, so the story goes that Nick and I met at the bus stop on the first day of kindergarten. He had recently moved to the neighborhood, and we've been best buds since then. Wow. Yeah. Most of the kids I met in kindergarten at the bus stop are in prison now. So you made out you made out all right. And what what brought about the idea of opening a place like well, first of all, well, let me this is why I'm not that great at this. Let's start at the beginning. What describe Shanks to me? Um, Shanks Clubhouse is a um, inclusive golf simulator facility. Um, we have a serious focus on golf, but we try to not come across as stuffy or anything like that. Uh, we have software for beginners as, along with seasoned pros. Oh, wait, um, what is that? Can you make it easier for people to learn how to golf? I like this. Um, so the the driving range has more data points and slow motion videos and wild, wild stuff that, uh, frankly, even so much more information that I'm not even sure how to process it all. Um, but we also have some really great software, uh, like target practice games and stuff that are great for beginners. Uh, easy golf is one of the games on there and it's just shorter holes, flatter greens. Um, and there's even mini golf for somebody who doesn't even want to swing a full, you know, do a full swing with a golf club. Will the simulator, so they're, they're full on golf simulators. Mm -hmm. Okay. And will they play different courses? They must play different courses. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, so we have thousands of golf courses to choose from, frankly. There's all the professional ones. You see the pros play, like um, Augusta, Pebble Beach, St. Andrews is very popular. And then there's even uh, Rhode Island locals as well. Potawamid is a is a favorite. Um, <laughs> Triggs is played a lot. Uh, my partner actually handcrafted Fenner Hill uh, on the sim- uh, for the simulators, which is where we grew up playing. So, uh, yeah, there's more options to choose from than you could imagine. Well, my home course is Jamestown Country Club. So if you guys could put those those <laughs> holes on there, I would appreciate it very much. Jamestown is a great track. I'm not positive if that one's on there, but I'll, I'll certainly look after you I leave. Don't think, I don't think that they would put that on there. Um, so what gave you guys the idea to open the place? Um, well, it's, uh, it's Nick's brainchild. Um, he, last winter, was struggling to play golf all winter long commuting from north smithfield all the way out to middletown and uh even then still having trouble finding a tea time so it was clear to him that the demand was there and uh he's got an entrepreneurial spirit he's uh you know happy to get his hands dirty so he was ready to 
to uh, put down the hammer. He's a general contractor by trade, uh, so he's ready to put down the hammer full-time and uh, start something um, that he's passionate about. I, I will say this. Uh, I had only seen a couple pictures online, and the place is absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. So. I, yeah, we really appreciate that. We, uh, we spent all summer long in here. Uh, working away, you know, five days a week, uh, you know, pretty much all day long. Um, everything in here is handcrafted by us, mainly Nick, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, I, I'm the go. I'm the gopher. I, I pick the music and I and I, you know, fetch the tools if he can describe them uh, accurately enough for me. Um, you know, aside from plumbing and electricity, we've we've really done everything in here. Uh, actually, the huge mural on the wall that we're very very proud of uh, was the um, is uh, done by Jim Alman, who's also an East Greenwich local. Um, just somebody we've known forever, and uh, yeah, it's just you know a lot of hard work finally coming to fruition. And what are you guys looking for? Who would benefit from coming here? Who should be here right now? Um, well, it says all skill sets welcome out on the front window. And, uh, I mean, that's really anybody. Um, we have so many, you know, dents and holes in the walls and the ceilings already. Uh, we had some holes in the walls before we even opened. A lot of our friends are, you know, hackers as well. So um, it's really, it can be absolutely anybody. Um but some of the uh, the driving range software is really, really intense, and the seasoned professionals definitely get a lot out of that. Um, more data points than I know to do with slow motion videos. Um, even you know after a full range session, you can have every data point emailed to you in an Excel spreadsheet, so you see what every single club does for you. So the the, the machine itself is going to keep track of how you're hitting the ball. Yeah, and yep, and it's a uh, camera based system as well. Some of the other uh, launch monitors um, are radar based, but we found that the camera based works best for indoors. Um, the radar base are the big name brands like Trackman, if you've ever heard of that. That's what all the professionals use because they can pick it up, you know, bring it to the next week's tournament, bring it to the various uh, uh, country clubs they play. But the camera based ones are stationary and they work really well for indoors because they can even capture like a six inch chip shot just as well to, as it does, you know, a massive drive. And well, this is a t- probably a tough question to ask. And how realistic is the simulation of how you're hitting the ball? We found that it is extremely, extremely uh, similar to your game outside. Oh, there I are, like that. There, <laughs> are, there are things to consider, like, you know, wind pressure, air, things like that. Um, but as far as yardages go, my numbers match them indoors just as well as they do outdoors. Um, and, yeah, we, we find they work extremely well. So if you played Augusta for 18 holes right now, probably six or seven under par. <laughs> Um, you know, Nick actually would probably shoot six or seven under par in here oh, on, really? on the machines. He he does very very well in oh, here. No. Um, he's a general contractor and he's under par here. Yeah, yeah. Uh. He he's uh, he's pretty impressive. Um, the, I I I probably you know I definitely shoot better in here than I would in Augusta, but that's just because you have a flat perfect lie on every shot. Mm-hmm. The undulations of the greens, you know, you know, putting is a different story. Um, but yeah. Once you get the hang of the systems, you probably shoot a little bit better indoors than you do outdoors because you always have a perfect lie. And you don't have to walk around or anything like that. This is like high-end bowling. I like this very much. Um, how, do you, how do you putt? Because looking out as, as to, onto the what would be the green, there's no hole or anything like that. So how does that work? 
So you look at the screen, they, you, there's a big grid format with dots indicating the speed of the green and which way it breaks. And uh, you just putt you know, into the screen. But really what matters is just the few inches in which the ball hits, the, the club hits the ball. Um, and then there's you know, some sort of calculations are done and it uh, projects onto the screen where the putt's going to go. Um, do you have an option to putt or not even putt uh, in here? Most people don't want to putt. Um, it makes the game go faster, but I, I usually play with putting on, and uh, I've gotten I've gotten the hang of it. That's a that's a if you're going to play with say a foursome, how long would it take to play? Nine or eighteen holes. So the uh, the rule of thumb is for that for a bogey golfer, it takes an hour to play eighteen holes. So if there's four of you wanting to play a full round, I suggest a four hour reservation. Okay. Yeah, I've gotten used to the systems. I can blow through eighteen holes in forty minutes at this point. Um, but the rule of thumb is about an hour per eighteen per person. And the, oh, is everything done on this? Well, we're sitting at a table about twenty yards ahead of the thing. And is everything done on the keyboard? Yeah, so there's it? actually um, there's actually computers uh, that you know power everything, and the keyboard is really just used to um, use the arrows to aim in which direction you'd like to hit, and then you know use the keyboard to enter your name at the beginning of every round, or you know search what course you'd like to play. Um, but you could you could probably play a full round without ever touching the keyboard or mouse. All right, and now my horrendous men's softball team is going to have a <laughs> tournament here. What what? Is that a good idea? Is that t- something that you guys are able to accommodate? I, it definitely is. Um, we'll we'll be in here with a bunch of our friends, and the way we do it is we just put the same exact golf course up on every single screen, and then everybody's playing the same course. Somebody has to wait on each other, and then at the end of the round, you know, everybody has the same scorecard from the same uh, course, and it's very easy to to compare. I like that, but and maybe you guys can get Jamestown in the mix by <laughs> by the time that rolls around. Because that's really the only course I'll play. Uh, what what are your, your plans for the business for like the winter? Because I imagine right now there's still people playing outside, but I imagine in a month you guys are going to be the only game in town. So if I'm looking to get out to or get here to play, what should I be doing? Um, great question. Uh, yeah, you came at an interesting time because I mean, yesterday it was like sixty degrees, and it's not you know might not be that warm again. So I, I think that we're going to be very very busy in the coming months. Um, and uh, sorry, brain fart. No, that's all right. Do you guys have online reservations or uh, how? Yeah. Uh, so we definitely prefer people book online. Of course, you know, you can call and make a reservation or walk in as well. But the majority of the reservations are done online. Just go online, choose how many hours you'd like to play. You can even pick which bay you'd like to play in because uh, we one of, the, uh, one of the golf hitting bays is a private room with a big curved screen. And that has a lot of, uh, a lot of curb appeal. Uh, people seem to like the, to rent the private room uh, more. So um, oh, that, that's you, only the best for me. Yeah. So I don't hurt anyone else. <laughs> um, and do you guys have do you guys have a, or envision a membership type thing? Uh, or? Um, 
Yeah, so we're, uh, we're, we're toying with that idea. We're very new at this. We're tr- really trying to um, not spread ourselves too thin or not, uh, you know, offer too many things that may get a- away from us. So we don't have any memberships yet, but we're very much thinking about that moving forward. Um, and then through the winter as well, we have a lot of golf leagues that are extremely popular. Um, we had... I can imagine. We, we started one uh, right after we opened. Uh, it was only six weeks long, and we had probably twice the amount of people sign up that I expected to. So that's been going really, really well. When do, when will the go- well? Are they going to be like traditional golf leagues, like four and five o'clock at, on week weekdays? So just- yes and no. There is some traditional aspects to it, but uh, we have the format we do is uh, two player teams, uh, net and gross division for each score. So you come in, and actually we allow you to come in any day of the week you'd like, Monday to Saturday, any time. Just log your score with your teammate. <laughs> At the end of the and then at the end of the week, I will I compile everything and then send out a leaderboard and stuff like that. Oh, so the league doesn't even have to all be here at the same time. Yeah, because so you guys are going to mo- oh correct. So we figured you know everybody has busy schedules. We may attract more people if if anybody can play on their own time, and uh, it worked out because let me tell you, we had a we had a big turnout for the first league. Yeah, um, so right. there's convenience and then. Um, you know, some of the guys know each other in the league, even though they're on the same team, so they can just go in and reserve their tee times uh, next to each other or something like that. So you can play, you know, you can have that league play, but it's not like you have to rearrange your entire schedule to come, you know, let's say Tuesday afternoon to play with some guys you don't know. Now, this is going to be a very specific question just for me, but would you guys consider running like short leagues for a set number of people? We absolutely would. We're here to accommodate all of our customers and um, I'm happy to, you know, metaphorically so like, bend over backwards to, uh, to to keep everybody happy. A four-week uh, Retrovo softball team league sounds like that would be pretty cool. Yeah, we'd be happy to work something out. That sounds great. And anything hmm. to get you guys in here playing. Yeah. All right, anything else I need to know about the business? Um, let's see. Um, yeah, definitely. We are uh, a BYOB establishment. We have a refrigerator to keep everything uh, cold. Um, and although we don't have a kitchen, we have a wonderful relationship with the restaurant next door, the Waysider. Uh, Linda is absolutely great. And there are QR codes on all of our tables. Any of the customers uh, can just scan the QR code and the Waysider will deliver anything off their menu right, right, to, uh, right to your table. That's great. Yeah. So we don't have a kitchen or a bar, but, you know, all the amenities are still present. Yeah, you can make do with uh, bringing your own and ordering food from next door. I like that. And, uh, again, it's got to be the busiest on the weekends and after work. I'm just trying to think out loud when the Retrovo Golf League is going to take place, but you already said that it can be at any time, so... We're, uh, we also also we also run specials for NFL games. Um, you know we're we're big into sports as well, uh, Nick and I. So anytime there's an NFL game on television, we offer twenty percent off of reservations that are three got, hours or more. So yeah. you guys do have the TV. Yeah, we got TVs. We have three TVs in here, and I mean you can see a television from any any vantage point in in the place. Uh, so yeah, we hope it. You know we get a lot of people in here for live sports, just hanging out with your buddies. You know drinking some beers and wa- watching sports while you hit golf balls. It you know it doesn't get much better than that for my, yeah. friend, my friends and I. No, I, I tend to enjoy those things also. Yeah. That's why I'm here, I think. <laughs> All right. Now we have to move on to the important stuff. And I try to ask this of everyone that I interview, and I forget half the time. So maybe that's my hidden talent. But do you have any hidden talents? Huh. 
interesting question. We're going to limit it to 10, so go <laughs> ahead. Um, this could be a little obscure, but I, uh, I'm really good at guessing movie budgets. <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy, but I'm a little bit no. of a film buff myself. No, that is, okay, um, yeah, that is in, my new favorite hidden talent. I, I, li- so you know. I lived in Los Angeles for 10 years, and all of my friends, were, uh, many of my friends were in the industry, the film industry and stuff like that. So whenever I'm watching a, a new movie or a television show, I'm all over IMDb with the trivia, the filming locations. And I'll look at things like who directed it, what year it came out, who started it, who starred in it, and then I can usually make a, a reasonable guess as to what it costs to make the movie, whether it be you know anywhere from twenty million dollars to four hundred million dollars. Wow! All right. Well, now we're going to test this out, but I would have no idea what the budget is. But I'll <laughs> tell you, the last movie I saw was uh, Venom Two. This is Carnage. That's a that's a big uh, blockbuster movie. Yeah, that film. one had to be expensive. Yeah. So what when the... did it come out? That one's a Ooh, recent one, probably. Boy, yeah. I boy, yeah, yeah. That's probably two hundred million, something crazy like that. All right. Well, now I'm going to look it up. And yeah, I'm gonna, please I'm do. Follow I, up on. I usually I usually look at a few other things before I make a stab in the dark, but for. <laughs> For for the you interest of the, the podcast, you hadn't done the research I'm, on I'm, this. I'm willing yeah. to pull myself on the line, and I'll say I'll shoot low. I'll say 180. All right, I would have liked you to have gone through all the movies I could have possibly seen <laughs> in the last six months and have that at your disposal, but I'll allow it. Um, I have to say, I have driven by this building in my life conservatively one million times, <laughs> and it has never appealed to me to enter it, but. You guys have done a fabulous job. Night and day between it, when we walked in here and now. I mean, the the private room, I think, was essentially the office for what was the uh, prior um, business. But everything back here was just storage for the tiles. So very, very rough. I mean, yeah, we it, it's really night and day from what it was last year, this building. It, it's good for people like you and I that people like Nick exists and can build things like this because if I were in charge, it would still look like the old tile room in the back. Yeah, he's a perfectionist, so uh, I, I, you know, I trusted his judgment on everything. And uh, you know, it's funny he'll bounce ideas off me when it comes to building, and I'll give him an opinion. But at the end of the day, I'm like. You know, dude, dude, it's not going to fall down on me. Is I it? trust yeah. your judgment. Yeah. Do whatever you think is best. Yeah, well, uh, I will say that I'm well known for my uh, handyman skills, <laughs> and that is not true at all. I'm probably the worst. So we could uh, we could have a contest as to who could not drive a nail into a piece of wood. <laughs> All right, so that's it for me. Anything else to add? Anyone you want to shout out to? Oh, I have to say hi, Big Dan and John, because they always listen to the podcast. So that's about it for me. Um, you know, I, uh, I I mentioned Jim Albin did a wonderful job on our mural. Um, uh, Nick just does so much for us. He was in here today just, like, putting things back together and just, like, anytime there's a scuff on a floor, he's in here, you know, polishing it up. This is really, like, you know, his baby. Um, also, actually, you know what? Also, a, a shout out to uh, my mother is quite a seamstress, and she helped us out with a lot of the curtains, some of the padding. She just now that is a nice shout out right there. Yeah, she uh, you know she helped. She actually helped me put up the Christmas tree we have in the lobby right now. All the decorations on there are handmade by her and her friends. You guys are really it is. 
and I don't mean to keep saying that, like I, it sh- I shouldn't expect, but it's much nicer than I ever would have thought uh, an indoor golf yeah. place could look. Yeah, actually, one more shout out, uh, my my buddy, uh, my and best friend Cody Bellaviance, who actually got our first hole in one over the weekend. I saw uh, that on Instagram. Some, some of our front desk is is uh, handcrafted from a tree that we took down in his yard. Well, there you go. Yeah. His tree sacrificed all for Shanks. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this as a golfer. If you got a hole-in-one here and then so you were out at a golf course and someone said, have you ever gotten a hole-in-one, would you – how would you respond to that question? I would probably mention that there's an asterisk on my <gasps> hole-in-one. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't count for anything. There's still – it's still difficult to hit, you know, the perfect shot. Um, but I'm I'm I might be a little hungrier for a hole in one uh, outside than indoors. You would be surprised at the amount of time me and a couple of my friends spent talking about this, and I think that it's very legitimate. And you just go with it, and then people have to sort of get it out of you. After really? Because they're going to have that. questions, and they're going to say, you know, when was it? And yeah. But I am a big liar, so I would just go with, no, it was just a hole-in-one at Augusta. Bye. <laughs> my, uh, my friends and I, have, a lot of us are very avid golfers. None of us have had a hole-in-one yet. Um, we are, we've been yearning for one since we were you know, 15 years old, so we talk about it a lot. And there are definitely some different takes on the uh, legitimacy of an indoor versus outdoor one. What scares what scares me the most when it comes to a hole, and I can sit here and talk about a hole in one forever, is you know <laughs> I you, didn't know that. You, you hit one left, you you just say, oh never mind, I'm going to hit one more, and then the second one goes in, and oh, it's just like oh. you know what we call like a real fancy par or something Whoa, like that. That oh boy, yeah. Or uh, Fr- Freddie Couples did, has done that a couple times. You know, hit one into the water and then teed up a second one, boom, goes in the hole, and it's on the scorecard for a three. Well, the most fascinating thing about hole-in-one to me is that a friend of mine, I will not name him, John Lewis, said to me one day that he had hole-in-one insurance in case he ever gets one to cover the bar tab at the clubhouse. And I I thought that was the most pretentious thing I'd ever heard. (laughs) To my understanding, actually, uh, in Japan, hole-in-ones, people actually do buy hole-in-one insurance because not only when you have a hole-in-one do you have to buy a random clubhouse of beer, but you have to buy all your friends and people that you golf with a intimate present. And it can be, you know... It can be, you know, you can run you thousands of dollars by the All time right. you're done buying it. All right. stuff. So now hole that, in one insurance is a real thing, from what I understand. I'm going to start selling hole in one insurance. I think <laughs> there's a business opportunity here. Definitely is. And of all the people, John would probably be the only one I would ever know that would get a hole in one. So, and then he'd cash in on it. It would make me very angry. That's funny. All right. Well, thank you for your time, and I would wish you guys all the best, but I can tell just by the way the place is set up, it's going to be very popular, and uh, I'm praying for snow for you guys, so people like me get off the golf course and into here, but... Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. I, I've never been on a podcast before, so this is really uh, this is really fun. I, I think I, you're I better at it than I am, so maybe you should consider this more, too. During the day, you can just start recording podcasts here. Um, All right, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time.